Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. We welcome them here in this church. You are an asset to this generation. And there's just not enough words that I can say from the very depths of my heart and my family. We want to say thank you. The gospel, it has the ability to have free course because of your actions. And we want to say thank you from the very bottom of our hearts. And those that are here in the auditorium and those that are viewing by live stream. You got a vet? Uh, in your home or in your household or uh, in your friendship circle, it wouldn't hurt you to just buy their lunch just to say thank you. It's not enough, but it would. It, it's just a token of appreciation. And uh, it, we need to be appreciative. Thank you so much. God bless our vets. Father, we thank you right now for the entrance of your word bringing light and understanding. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that today you'll give us ears to hear, eyes to to perceive, hearts to understand. We clear out our minds and we open our hearts to that. Holy Spirit, have your work. We thank you that you will take the word of God and have free course in our lives. Lord, we thank you right now that you give me clear thought and accurate words to convey understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And I'm titling today part number two, really probably part three if you consider Wednesday night. Uh, We're talking about the title is Divine Order. We've been on the subject. I should say that what's the subject matter is Divine Order. The subtitle or the title of today would be The Law of Hearing and Seeing. The Law of Hearing and Seeing. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, makes a very bold statement. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, here's the law that you need to understand. And when I say law, let me back up here just a minute because I, I I, I'm assuming that you've been following. So let me get everybody caught up if you're not. God works in systems. Now, for us charismaniacs, we don't like that word. Because we think that anything that has any order to it can't be from God. And I beg the difference. In fact, I argue the difference. If God's in it, it has order to it. He's not the author of confusion. So a system really is a orderly method by which God does something. We can see that God does this from the very beginning book of the Bible in the book of Genesis from the very first chapter. We see that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved and God said, let there 
be light and there was light and begin to set things in a order a divine order now if things are done in an orderly fashion or an orderly method then there has to be supporting laws now listen carefully to what the word law is because here again charismaniacs don't like the word law because we're saved by grace Okay, the problem is most of the time when we read about law in the Bible, we're trying to do everything we can to live without any order. Do you know what makes America different than any other nation upon the face of the planet, our form of government? It is a nation of law. It's not a nation of a theocracy or a dictator. Are you following me? Or uh, 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 it's not communist where there's an elite group of about 1% that tells the other 99% how to live and we exempt ourselves. That's called hypocrisy. Now, Jesus had to deal with that same spirit when he was here on earth, by the way. And he called out. That 1% that wanted to govern everybody else and lived in their righteous robes, uh, excuse me, their self-righteous robes, and excused themselves. He called them white sepulchers. You know what I mean? He's not referring to the color of skin, by the way. He's talking about your whitewashing on the outside, but inside you are full of filth. And he called them out. He said, you're nothing but a bunch of graveyards. And you think we've got persecution. They, they began to figure out how to kill him. Now, here's the thing I want you to see as setting the, the, the tone for what we're talking about. God works in these systems. How many of you believe that God makes something out of nothing? Turn to your neighbor and say, I can see. <laughs> God makes something out of nothing. Now, I'll never forget this. i got to tell this. I've heard my dad mention it many times, and I knew this uh, preacher friend of my dad's very well and loved him. In fact, he was instrumental in helping form uh, this church originally. And uh, his name was Brother W.W. Altry. And Brother Altry was visiting my dad. My dad, he, he noticed, uh, Brother Altry noticed that my dad was discouraged. He's kind of down in the mouth. You know, everybody thinks that preachers don't have to deal with this. But any preacher who says they don't is lying. Everybody has to deal with this. And so my dad was discouraged. And he was moaning and groaning and complaining and said, to Brother Altry, he says, I just, I, I, have no, I have no understanding why God ever called me to preach. And Brother Altry started laughing, kind of slapped my dad on the back, not hard, you know what I mean. Just a, and he said, Brother Allen, I know exactly why God called you. And he said, you do? He said, yeah, he's looking for as near nothing as he could find. <laughs> God makes something out of nothing. He takes 
and brings healing out of sickness. He brings prosperity out of poverty. He brings peace out of chaos. Well, I say it another way. He brings order out of chaos. He brings peace to those that are frustrated. Okay. And a lot of God's people, we have been wondering what's going on in our generation. What is happening? Well, first of all, God hit the pretense of our generation. There's been a lot of pretense. Been a lot of pretense in the church. And God has hit pretense in every corner of society. There's been pretense in the entertainment world. There's definitely been pretense in the politics. There's been pretense in our church services a lot of times. Woo! Shout me down. We, we want to talk about the world, but we don't want to talk about what's going on in church. And God is take, took a spirit. Listen carefully. Listen, listen carefully. Don't look at a person. Listen to what I'm saying. He took a, the spirit of a wrecking ball and began to bash everything that's been built on pretense. It's been based upon a lie. We have been so lullabied to sleep by the comfort of not acknowledging the truth. Now, how many of you know that you can comfort yourself by not acknowledging the truth? Wow. How many of you understand this? That truth has a way of waking you up. Okay? And most of the time, our flesh don't like to deal with truth. It makes you very uncomfortable. See, you can be comfortable with a lie. And God is saying, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. And the reason why he's not going to let that happen is because our generation has been deceived by pretenders. And let me give you an example. We thought for a while, well, if it showed up on TV, it must be real. We got reality shows. They ain't real. Are you kidding me? <laughs> then we go to social media, and we think because we see it on social media, that's the way that it is. And I, I listen, I've seen some people that I went to high school with, and, and I look at them on, on social media, and I said, that ain't the way they look. I mean, now you can even on, on, on your cell phones doctor a picture. We don't understand that much of our entertainment has been edited and the edit is on the floor. And so we've been comfortable in all this pretense and God says, I'm not going to let it happen no more. Because you're not dealing with truth. See, God is truth. His word is truth. He and his word are inseparable. They're one and the same. You cannot separate. If you're going to live after truth, Jesus said, if you'll continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It'll make you free. What We have been bound by this pretense. So God is allowing 
things to be destroyed. That's what he told uh, Jeremiah. He said, I'm going to call you in your generation. And you, this is the first thing you're going to do. You're going to go tear up everything. You're going to pull down all this stuff. And you're going to tear it all up by the words that I'm going to have you prophesy. And as he began to prophesy and he began to tear it down, guess what started happening? Jeremiah started weeping. He's referred to as the weeping prophet. What has been going on in the last two years? There's a lot of weeping and grief and sorrow going on. Why? Because all of the things that we're accustomed to that was based upon a pretense now has been shaken. And we're finding out that it's not necessarily the truth. There may be some truth mixed in with it to make you believe it. And now your belief is being shaken even. And we wonder if the word of God is true. But in reality, the word of God's always been true. We just added our pretense to it. Are you following me? Now watch carefully. The next thing God told the prophet Jeremiah, this is what you're going to do. You're going to tear down and then you're going to build up. You're going to uproot and then you're going to plant. We are been in the uprooting, tearing down process for really more than two years. But it's coming to the climax in which when... And what does a farmer do? The first thing a farmer do before he plants anything, he has to plow it all up. Woo, man, we're living in exciting times. Harvest is going to come. Always remember this. This is the truth. You can determine the root by the fruit. Okay, always remember that. The fruit... Proves the seed. Okay? And, and when you understand a few things like that, you can begin to see what's going on. Not just on a public and collective scale, but also in an individual's life. That's what I want to get us to. Back down to examining our everyday life. Because sometimes we go to church and we... We think that church is, listen carefully, an entertainment. It's not about entertainment. Okay? This is not not some comedy show. This is to equip you to live the life that Jesus paid for. And a lot of the things that we're living is not what Jesus paid for. Well, I got off course there just for a minute, just to set you a foundation. A law, listen carefully, a law is a rule based upon principles and truths. Defining correct procedure for that orderly method or that system. Lawlessness is the state of disorder, not order, disorder due to a disregard of that law. So we can apply that in our everyday lives. 
If there's something wrong with our circulatory system, we must go back and examine, are we violating the law that governs that system? Are you with me? The same thing is true financially. Listen, listen very carefully. Don't you believe the lies of the devil in this generation? If you're going to prosper, there are laws that govern that prosperity. Laws of prosperity. Okay? And, it, it, and it, you can prosper. Anybody can prosper. Prosper means doing well, doing good. Listen carefully. Prosperity doesn't guarantee the end results. In other words, it does not guarantee equality at the end. It guarantees access. Do you understand? Every person is on their own level. And every person has to decide how far am I going to take those laws in order to prosper. If I stay home and sit in my rocking chair on my front porch and say, I, I believe in God. I believe It's the law of cor- corresponding action. I believe in God. I believe in God. But you don't go to work. <laughs> See, here's another lie. We believed in the church that work is a curse. Work is a blessing. If work was a curse, then God was cursed himself for six days. We rest before we work. And God says work before you rest. Some people spend their whole life resting. Okay. So these are laws. Now, here's where I want you to get. The law of hearing and seeing. This is a law or a truth, if you would, that causes, listen very carefully, a system to operate. The system we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is the system of meditation. Meditating. God created you to meditate. There's not a single person in here that doesn't meditate. Your, your, your makeup meditates. A meditation is what you think about. It's a deep thought. It's the thing that prints images on your mind. It's the thing that if you meditate on something, you're going to go in that direction. If you hear something often enough, you're going to begin to believe it. Even if it's a lie. I mean, it's, it, here, here's a great lie that has been perpetrated for generations, for, for decades, from the political field to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ, because of our leadership, has taken it hook, line, and sinker because leaders didn't want to stand up and catch the heat. And here's the lie. God's not interested in politics. That's a great lie. There's not a person in here that's not governed by politics. Doesn't influence your life. Woo, shout me down because the preach is so good. 
You see, everything has in our life falls under this law of hearing and seeing. My dad did something years ago, and he was uh, kind of like a farmer, rancher, he country boy, let's put it that way. And he really liked Hereford cattle. Hereford is, for those that don't know that breed of cattle, they're the red ones with the white face. And he's driving down the roads uh, one day, and he's going to a meeting, I believe it is, to preach a meeting. And he's driving down the road, and he's in the countryside, and he looks over to one of his, uh, to the side, to his right side, and he sees a bunch of Hereford cattle in grass about belly high, and they are slick and fat. That caught his attention and caught his focus. And as he began to focus on that, what beauty it was to him, it was beautiful to him. And he found himself going off into the bar ditch. He quickly whipped the wheel back onto the, uh, to, to the left to get back on the road. And immediately the Holy Spirit taught him a lesson. And he said, you go where you look. Whatever you focus your attention on, whatever you look at and stare at long enough repeatedly is the direction you're going to go. Now, there are many distractions in our generation. Okay? Now listen very carefully. We can get emotionally attached to a, an acquaintance or a friend of ours and let them, without us knowing, let them to decide what we're going to focus on. Are you following me? And so what happens is now we're focusing on it. We begin to fall off in the ditch. And because we're emotionally attached to that individual, guess what they do? They get us without us knowing it. They're not doing it on purpose. This is just fallen human nature. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, if, the, if the blind follow the blind, what happened to both of them? They fall into the ditch, Jesus said. So we get emotionally attached. And so guess what happens now? We're focusing because we are, we're focused on their opinion because we're emotionally attached to them. And we begin to justify maybe a direction that they are going. Because now we've uh, focused our attention. Are you listening? And then you fall prey to it. Never follow a personality other than Jesus. Never let anyone influence you more than God's word. That's why you got to keep your eyes on the Word of God continually. You can listen, there's no sermon, no sermon that anybody can preach, even if it's the Word of God, listen carefully, that can make up on 45 minutes on Sunday morning what you've been looking at six days a week. You don't believe that? Listen to what Jesus said. He said, your traditions 
have made the word of God to none effect. So what renders the word of God ineffective is the tradition of men. Now, how did those traditions form? They began to look at something, began to form an opinion about it, and they began to stare at it, and they went off into the ditch from the word of God. Are you following that? Nothing is to take the place of the word of God. And no one opinion should override what God says. Even if it costs you your job. Thank God we've got some patriots in our generation that are standing up against lawlessness. Woo, man. I keep this up. I'm going to need $100 from each one of you. (laughs) Teasing y'all, teasing y'all. I can see it right now. Half of you didn't laugh. (laughs) Now listen to this. The law of hearing. Jesus said in Mark chapter number 4, you can read it for yourself. We touched on it briefly on Wednesday night. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. The phrase take heed means pay attention to what you're listening to. It's sad to say that a lot of so-called Christians are misinformed because they are not comparing what they're listening to. They're not paying attention. It's, it's sad. That's sad. I mean, as a pastor, it's sad. In fact, as a pastor... If there's anything that will frustrate me is to stand up here Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Pastor Zone on Thursday after Thursday, and you to justify the world's opinion about what God has to say. There's nothing that will frustrate me more than that. And here's why. Because the church has been conditioned. That if I got a problem, let's go to the church and let Pastor Ronnie or Pastor Zona wave a magic prayer over me and solve my problems. And then you go back focusing on what the world does. It won't, it, it, it won't change. Then you want to, why, why won't it change, God? Why, where are you at? And God's saying, where have you been? Okay. Now, I know that this is tough. I, I get it. But we're living in times where you need a reality check. Jesus said, pay attention to what you're hearing. And then in the book of Luke, chapter 8, you can find this in verse 18 through 21. He said, take heed how you hear it. You know, some people come in with their minds already made up. I'm going to get mad at Pastor Ronnie no matter what he says. (laughs) Now, listen, Pastor Ronnie's not exempt from this. I went to a a pastor's meeting one time. I was mad the whole time for three days. I was mad. I used to listen to Kenneth Copeland when he was on the radio, and I turned him on every day just to get mad at him. Okay? And it wasn't him. It was the truth. It was slapping me upside the head. I had preconceived ideas too. Even though I, I had been raised in church, I had preconceived ideas. And I brought them to the table and God says, we're going to scrap that. And he just overthrew that table. 
You ever heard that before? He overturned the money changer's table. He just scrapped everything off the table and says, you got to start letting me set the table. I want you to eat some squash today, son. Are you kidding me? I want cream puffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you let a kid... If you let a kid set the table, there ain't going to be nothing but sweets on that table. <laughs> then you want to know why you got a big dentist bill. Okay. <laughs> Woo. I, oh, thank you, Jesus. I have some thoughts here that I never thought about before. Maybe that's the reason why the devil doesn't pay any attention to our declarations because there's no teeth in it. We're over here trying to gum him to death. <laughs> and God says there's got to be some teeth in your faith. All right. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Okay. Take heed how you hear. In other words, come to God. God, teach me. The Holy Spirit, the great teacher, has been given to you to teach you and to guide you in every aspect, every avenue, your everyday life. He's, he's the great teacher, and he'll teach you if you'll listen. But you've got to have ears to hear. I want to be taught by him. I've come to the conclusion, Lord, teach me. And give me the desire what to physically eat. We thought God didn't care. And he does care. Do you know your body as a believer doesn't belong to you? The Bible says very plainly, you've been bought with a price and your body is my temple, God says. You don't even have a right to eat what you want to eat. Woo, man, man, oh man. You don't have a right to be a couch potato. You don't have a right to that. We want our health back, then we've got to let the Holy Spirit teach us. Wow. Go with me. I want you to go with me to the book of James, real quickly, because we're going to, man, oh man, oh man. The law. Now, here's the thing. What you hear often enough is what you become convinced of. That's why he said, take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear it. And, and it, it is a fact that if you hear something often enough and you hear it being repeated enough and if you see many people are buying into it, you begin to doubt your position if it's opposing. Okay? That's why God is calling on the body of Christ to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
every thought that comes through your head. The devil talks to us through thoughts. Hearing it is a seed. Now that's positive or negative. You understand? If we want what God, God uh, uh, sent Jesus to pay for in our life, then we got to hear what Jesus has to say. We got to hear what the Word of God has to say. And we got to hear it on a daily basis. Give ear to it. I'm not talking about just listening to me preach. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hear what the Spirit is saying to you. He's talking to this generation. And he says, this generation is full of chaos right now. But I'm going to bring order to it. Divine order. The greatest move of God is being set up right now in our generation. Would you have liked to have been there at the beginning when darkness was upon the face of the deep? And everything was confused and chaotic. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God hovers over the waters. And God speaks out of Himself and said, Light be and say, see light come into existence. What a magnificent thing. A word spoken brings light in a dark, chaotic situation. And He begins to set things in order. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't I start to say I'd like to be a fly on the wall? No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I'd like to be able there just to, to experience. Do you know that's happening today? Every heart that comes to him is full of that same chaos, that same darkness. And God is pre- preaching this gospel and he's speaking the gospel to this generation. And he said, come out of darkness. Light be in them. And the Bible says anybody that obeys the gospel. Everybody say obey it. it. Hears it enough to correspond to it. Light will come into their life. Wow. James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 23 through 25. Listen to this. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, goeth his way, underline that, goeth his way. And straightway forgets what manner of man he was while he was looking in the mirror. Now, when I'm looking at you, I'm not seeing, listen carefully, I'm not seeing my face in the mirror. In fact, I look at my, I can't even tell if my hair's messed up. Did you hear what I just said? You're looking at me and you're seeing me. You're not seeing yourself. Now you may have looked yourself at, at yourself in this morning the way you look. You look like you did look at yourself this morning and we're glad. Okay. What did you do when you looked yourself? You did what you needed to do, and now you forgot what you looked at because you're looking at me. Are you following me? Now, that, the, 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 here's the negative side of that. As long as you look at the opinions of the crowd, you're going to forget who you are in Christ. 
Because this is a personal, individual relationship with the one who created you in his image. That's why we, it, it, it's a mistake for you to compare yourself. By, and here's how we compare ourselves. We compare ourselves by looking at them instead of looking at who we are in Christ. Okay? Now, here's the good news. The good news that you can look into the Word of God continually. Watch this. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the law of liberty, listen carefully, is the intent of the law of looking or the law of seeing. Let me say that again. The law of liberty is the intent of the law of seeing. Jesus said it this way. This is the best way I know how to put it. Jesus said, I don't say anything that I'm not hearing from the Father. And he says, I don't do anything that I'm not seeing my Father do. Are you, are you looking there? Paying attention about right here. He said, whoever looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, it says the King James, but it, it means in his doing. Now here's the point. The law of hearing and seeing governs the law of meditation or, or the system of meditation. A system is an orderly method, right? So here's the method that I want you to grasp. What you're looking at and what you're listening at on a continual basis is what's going to begin to form images in your mind. Those images in your mind begin to work with the law of reason. That law of reason now begins to, that law of, or that, that law of reason now begins to, to support the law of logic. I mean the system of logic. That system of logic is how you form your decisions. Do you know that a person, and this is another lie of the devil is to think that all God's interested in and to preach that, that all God's interested in is your hereafter, after you die. When in reality, He's interested in you, the here and now and the hereafter. Okay? So you've got to allow the Word of God to begin to form an image in your mind through proper use of the system of meditation. We find that in Joshua chapter 1, which I won't take time to go there. But in Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua, Moses is dead. 
So guess what? It's time for you to step up. Do you know what God's saying to this generation? The day of big names is gone. And God's requiring that the whole body of Christ step up. The day has come whereby you know, need to know how to lay hands on yourself and then lay hands on others so that they can recover. Let's stop right here, right here, right here, right now. Someone in the sound of my voice is going to get healed today. If you need healing, lay hands on yourself right now. This is what the Bible says. If, if you Lay hands on the sick. So lay hands on yourself right now. Put it on yourself. And the Bible says, pray the prayer of faith. Faith in what? What Jesus did. I'm convinced that what Jesus did is bigger. Bigger. He causes healing to come out of sickness. How does he do it? By his word. So right now we declare, say it with me out loud. I declare in the name of Jesus every symptom in this body. The cause of those symptoms must bow down to the name of Jesus. Through the power of his resurrection and the merits of the cross. I declare my body be healed. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, I don't feel any better. I didn't ask you about your feeling. God didn't ask the darkness if it felt like giving over to light. He just said, do it. And it did it. And still doing it today. Glory to God. Man, I'm about to preach. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the thing I want you to grasp. You've got to begin to quit asking everybody's opinion. I talked to a good friend of mine who's going to be visiting us, a minister friend in January. I talked to him this last week. And I said, I'm about to come to the conclusion, I don't give a flip. I'm going to put it out there. If you want it, take it. If you don't want it, don't take it. It's your choice. I'm tired of trying to appease and coax and beg and plead and stay up at night worried about whether people are listening. Are you listening? You've got to take this for yourself. I can't go home with you and make your decisions for you. I have enough trouble making my own decisions. Are you, are you following me? That? I know that sounds bold. I know that, but you've got to understand this is a personal relationship with you and Jesus. And Jesus said, if you'll take this seriously and pay attention, you can have what I paid for. But if you don't and you disregard it and become callous to it, or you become uh, indifferent about it, then guess what? You're going to fall prey to these laws, and they're going to be the fruit of your life is going to be justified by the seed of neglect.
Wow. Listen to this. Faith is a conviction. In other words, we could put it like this. Faith is a convincing. That's another word for conviction. We can agree that faith is a conviction or a convincing. You believe that, right? The only reason why you have confidence in it is because you're convinced it's the truth. Now, here's the sad thing. The sad thing is you can be convinced of a lie. You can have faith in a lie. And don't know it. That's why our Christianity, our relationship with Jesus, that's why he said, I want to give you the spirit of the teacher. So he'll help you to walk through these landmines that the world has set for you, that the devil is using this world system for his own purposes. The devil will make you doubt that God's doing anything right now. When in reality, God's moving. His spirit is moving just like it did in the beginning when it was dark. Glory to God. By the way, do you understand that it's the darkest just before daylight? But do you know when morning starts? One second after midnight. And guess what starts happening one second after midnight? It keeps getting darker and darker and darker and darker. When it's getting dark, guess what? You know the morning's coming. You don't think God has seen the tears of people that have cried unto him? You don't think he's seen the tears? God is a just God. His justice is coming. It's working. And let me tell you there's what justice does. It justifies those that did believe the truth. And it judges the ones that believe the lie. Thank you, Jesus. So we got to get and begin to use this system that God has given us called meditation. Now, how do you change your meditation? The words you hear? And the things you see. You see, you don't really see things in word form. You see them in image form. If I was to take and get you to close your eyes. just Let's just do it. Close your eyes for a second. Now you got your mind blank, right? We got to... We gotta, we got a blank campus right now. And I des- describe to you, and I say, a dog. Now, many people, when I say dog, they may be thinking about their pet. And that could be various sizes. 
They could be a little bitty, you know, uh, <laughs> a little bitty dog. It could be a great big dog. It could be a brown dog, a white dog, a yellow dog. <laughs> it could be all kinds of dogs, right? But if I said big black dog, then all of a sudden now we're getting more in tune with the words that are used to describe. Are you following? Now look at me. You can look at me now. God is very descriptive. Do you follow? That's why he told Joshua, meditate in my word day and night. Don't depart from it from the right hand or the left hand. Meditate in it day and night that thou may observe to do. And I like the way it says it in the message translation. The revelation that I gave Moses. Okay. Now why do you need to observe? So you can follow through with the revelation of that word. And don't get sidetracked like my dad did driving down the road. Focus your attention on my word. And as you do, you, listen carefully, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous. And then you'll have good success. So this is not a Sunday morning thing when you endure Pastor Ronnie's, uh, you know, spitting at you. This is more about learning how to live the life that Jesus paid for because you're going to live it on an everyday basis. And do you know that that could be prophetic to your life? It could be prophetic. Now listen very carefully. I want to close with this. Give you this concept. When you drove to church today, whether you was doing the, being the driver or not, when you drove to church, the driver of that vehicle had a great big windshield to look forward. To look where? Forward. Okay. He has a little bitty rear view mirror. Why? To glance at what's behind you. Everybody say glance. glance. Now, let's reverse those. Suppose you had a big rear view mirror and a little bitty windshield. How many of you think you're doomed to have a wreck? That's what describes many Christians' lives. The devil wants you to focus on what you're supposed to glance at. A glance means that I see it and I acknowledge that it was there or it's in my past or it's coming up behind me. But it's not what I'm supposed to focus on or stare at. Everybody with that? History is important. Let, let me give you an example. Suppose you're driving down the road. <laughs> Suppose you're driving down the road and you're looking forward. 
and you glance up and what you just passed doesn't look the same. In other words, when, when you pass it, you just pass this big billboard that says, show up to Omega Church. And you just passed it, and you don't see the billboard anymore. It's gone for some reason. Or maybe it's been replaced with, let's go fishing this Sunday. You just glanced at it. You follow what I'm saying? My point is, history is important to glance at so we don't repeat it. Or that we can take the lessons and apply them to today so we can keep looking forward. History is important, but it's not to be focused on. We take the truths of generations past and learn from those lessons and apply them to today so we keep moving forward. But we don't, listen carefully, we don't focus on the mistakes and the failings of everything in the past, including our ancestors. Now listen, this is important because I'm going to apply it right now. We're fixing to get a little political. I'm warning you. That's exactly what the devil did in the last 18 months. Trying to get this generation to pay for what another generation didn't listen to God on. And the more you focus on racism, the more racism is going to flourish. Wow. Shout me down. Y'all do understand that in San Antonio, Pastor Ronnie, his body is a minority. Are y'all following that? I said his body. Okay. Because I'm in the majority spiritually. Me and God. His word. You follow me? So understand that it's there for us to glance at so we don't, but it's not something we focus on. We've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way, and we ain't going back. No matter what the devil tries to get us to do, we ain't going back. We ain't going back. We're a liberated people. The word of God has been sown too much. Now, glory to Jesus. Let me give you these two quotes. Repeated hearing will give birth to a belief. Now that's, that, that, that's applied positive and negative, good and bad. What you repeatedly hear will give birth to a belief. So we need to repeatedly hear the truth. So we can give we can give belief, and belief means I accept it as the truth. That's what it means. Okay? So the more we hear the truth, the more we believe it. We're convinced of it. Repeated seeing, listen carefully, causes you to image it in your thinking. 
That's why it's so important to understand this is a visual generation. The images bombarding our generation. And you keep having these images. Great lie. What was done? We see some injustices that were captivated on video and posted on social media. And it was repeated. And people get all indignant about it. But guess what? We didn't hear nor know the whole truth. So you can't even believe everything you see. You have to, you have to verify it. You have to get the whole picture. That's why hearing and seeing. Hearing and seeing. So we were bombarded with a, a video. And we heard the opinions of someone that went off half-cocked instead of investigating. What do you think the Bible says? Study. That's investigating. Study yourself. Study for yourselves so you'll be approved of God. Investigate. Look at. Listen. The truth doesn't mind investigation. It's all the lies that don't want investigation. God doesn't mind you asking Him a question. He doesn't mind you telling Him, Lord, help me to understand. I don't, I don't see what you're seeing. Talk to me about this. There's nothing wrong with that. But the world, because they're pretense, doesn't want any investigation. They just want you to believe it and accept it because they said it and you've seen it. How many of you have ever ever been fooled by what you saw it's called a magic show an illusion that's why we've got to understand this law and put it in its proper context so that it can help us with the system of meditation who God says you are is the truth it's the truth now, you've got to begin to let God paint that image in your mind through meditation by what you're hearing with the Word of God and what you're seeing what God does. Are, are you following along with me? Father, I thank you right now. For every person in this room, every person through live stream, there's not a person... In the sound of my voice, it's all under the lies and the pretense of the devil. You don't want us to be conformed to that. You want us transformed. The only way we can be transformed is to hear the truth repeatedly. To see the effects of truth. Until it forms the image in our mind, Father God. So that we can reason with our decisions. And follow the logic of the truth. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you, I thank you that you drew them here by your spirit through this live stream and to this auditorium. 
Lord, you don't want anybody to live in that dark, chaotic lies of the devil. Jesus, you paid the price. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I thank you right now that you're drawing people and you're helping them, help them to yield to you right now. I rebuke the spirit of resistance to the truth in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. We just humble ourselves. Teach us, train us, show us. Father, if there's someone that has known you and been drifted away from you, I thank you, Father, that you still love them with an everlasting love and you draw them by your spirit. Jesus, you said no man can come unto you except the spirit of the Father draw them. I thank you, Father, right now the Holy Spirit is acting like a giant magnum wooing their heart. To dispel all the lies of the devil. And cause them to awake. Father, I thank you that they will follow through with acceptance. Of conviction of the Holy Spirit. And confess your lordship over their lives. Then you said we would be saved from those lies. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that we believe with our heart and we confess your Lordship with our mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Would you stand up with me, please? If you made Jesus the Lord of your life today by yielding to the Holy Spirit, we want to encourage you to go to the red table in the lobby and someone will be glad to help you. Let them know you made Jesus the Lord of your life today. That's the next step. Confess your salvation before men. And Jesus will confess your name before the Father. And they'll give you some material to help you to follow through with next steps. Glory to God. Father, we thank you as we leave today. That your grace surrounds us like a shield. Follows us wherever we go. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're helping us to hear your voice. And the voice of another we won't follow. You have commissioned your angels to watch over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the authority of your name to use, which we invoke and we declare. Say that with me. I declare in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, we thank you right now that you're filling us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives and the people we contact in our everyday lives, that your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.